Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Benley. This is the Buffy podcast that might be witnessing the end of Button Watch. Hellmouth. Hellmouth. Fuck. I was mad disappointed. So Riley disappointed. wears two different collared shirts. Both of them are done up at a reasonable level. Well, and then okay. he wears like a tactical turtleneck and then just a regular crew neck long sleeve shirt. And you're like, where's button watch, What's Riley? Where is it? At one point, he's in a meeting with Mags. So mm-hmm. like, you don't do button watch there. She's his commanding officer. He's done button watch beside her. That <laughs> happened in Double Werewolf. He was walking down the hall beside her, fully button watched. As a TA, though, not in a meeting. I this guess. is a meeting. I have, I've got nothing. Yeah, it's awful, though. Like, Riley, what, what happened? Did someone just finally catch wise that he was never doing up more than one button on his shirt? Did someone, and this may be crazy, come up to him and say, Hey, Riley, you know there are actually other buttons on that shirt. And he was like, wait, what? Oh, fuck, look at all those. And then he starts, like, just doing them up like crazy. I don't even know. <laughs> Like, I don't think we can blame Riley for this. This is wardrobe's fault. It is very wardrobe's fault. A person dressed him and did (laughs) up a number of buttons. Yeah, but you do up a number, like, you doing up the buttons is on you. That's not on wardrobe, right? They can adjust the number of buttons up and down. But you get to decide that because you're the one actually putting the clothes on yourself. But why? Why would he always choose to, to do it like that? Seeing how much shit he can get away with, man. He made it like 11 episodes into this goddamn show, button watching it up. <sighs> this is episode 12, A New Man, original air date, January 25th, 2000. Ooh, 2000, I love that year. Still don't remember what I'm supposed to remember about this episode. I'm a very forgetful human. You know, it goes in one ear out the other. And I had fully forgotten the turning point of this episode. The first two words, in fact, of the, uh, what, IMDb description? Ethan yeah. Rain. No I was going to say, like, it didn't go in one ear, out the other. It went in through your eyes because <laughs> you read it and then... Out through my I mouth. Don't know. I said it. <laughs> I said it and then released the memory. Interesting. That's a good, has a good rhyme to it. I read it and said it. Yeah. It's sort of like in one ear, out the other. Yeah, it's gone. Hmm. Anyway. You know... When you were like, I can't remember anything about this episode. I'm like, last week you read, but I didn't tell you. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you very much. It was delightful. And for the first 15 minutes, I was still confused. I was like, I I don't know what's going on here. Because it does take 15 minutes for good old Ethan to show up. Yeah. Turn this place into Scamp Town again. So Buffy's got a new man. And they are cuddling in bed. Apparently Willow's going to be at the science library all night. And I'm like, yo, Buffy, did you check that that like literally means all night? Or was that maybe an exaggeration? Like, oh, I'm going to be there all night. I've got so much studying to do. And you're like, ah, all right. Better bone down with my boyfriend then. Nothing will go wrong with that. They probably locked the door, so it doesn't matter. No, no. No? Willow just barges on in here. (laughs) Oh, they didn't lock the door. That's weird. Isn't it, though? It's so strange. Why? Oh, it's so weird. Anyway, it's a surprise party for Buffy. Ah, She is not thrilled about being cock-blocked. No, not at all. And I 
personally, like, every time they've thrown Buffy a surprise party, <laughs> it's gone badly, hasn't it? Surprise! Yes. Well, maybe the one time. I think it was just so, the one time. But then still, it went really bad. Yeah, you know? she got an arm in a box, and that wasn't, you know, traditionally no. good. She's got a really, really gold shiny skirt on. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, yeah, you gotta so do it. So gold. It's the year 2000, right? <laughs> yeah, Why I guess. Not? So Giles is here at this party. Uh-huh. And this is the episode of Giles having a midlife crisis. <laughs> it, this is the first 15 minutes of this are just bad things happening to Giles. Well, and then maybe the not bad The rest things, of the episode but... is bad things happening to Giles. To demon Giles, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it is. He at least is strong then. So Giles is sort of a lost human here. You know, he doesn't really know anyone at this party. Uh, he meets Riley and gives off some real dad vibes when he's like, Oh, Buffy, this is your boyfriend. I didn't, I didn't know that. Riley asks him if he's retired, which is not super smooth. <laughs> Riley does not come off very smooth here. Riley isn't smooth. <laughs> well, that's very true. But you can't blame him, honestly, because Buffy's introduction is, oh, this used to be, or this is Giles. He used to be the librarian at my old school. Mm -hmm. And then isn't your next question, what is he doing here? Very like, much so. It's a pretty weird thing. It's a pretty weird person to be at this party. But Tony's looking damn fine. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't need this guff. This asking if he's retired nonsense. <gasps> yeah, asking if he's got a new job. It's all so <laughs> awkward. Well, this is the problem Giles has been having all season, is that they really don't know what to do with him. So he doesn't <laughs> do anything. <laughs> he really doesn't. And this no. episode is just hammering that home. Yeah. Let's take a moment to revel in the fact that Xander is actually wearing a sweater vest. And, and it's crazy. And his hair is awful. What have they done to his hair? He gets this nice, pretty girlfriend, and he has really garbage hair. He's not looking good enough for Anya. Anya should no. be leaving him for Ri-Fi, should be leaving him for Giles. Like, yeah. fuck. Oh, for Giles. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And I got kind of the sense that Buffy wanted to set Giles up with Mags, and maybe that's not true. Maybe she's just oblivious to Giles' trubs and is like, oh, you're an old person. You'd like hanging out with this other old person I know. I That'd think be fun. It, there is a lot of obliviousness coming from Buffy or I th I'd like to think that there is because otherwise she's just being really mean for no reason yep uh, because Giles. when she starts going on about how Mags is like the smartest person she's ever met oh. and <laughs> wouldn't want to be at this party because she's it's... like 40 and has lots of other things to do oh my god oh you can just see the knives being plunged right? into Giles it's... She says all of these things to him. It's, she seems completely oblivious that what she's saying is really, I mean, callous. I don't know. Very insensitive. Yeah. It's not and, good. So after she said that Mags was 40, I was kind of like, mm, <laughs> I understand that you're supposed to be, you know, a 19 year old. So you think any old person is 40. So I looked up how old Lindsay Krauss was at the mm -hmm. time of this episode. Exactly 40. 52. Whoa! So, yeah. <laughs> like, and hey, wow. she looks great. She's looking amazing for she 52. Looks great. <laughs> but I was like, there's no way she's 40. <laughs> Holy hell. 52? Really? God. Yeah. Huh. She was born in 1948. That's huh. how math works, right? 
Sure. It's the year 2000. All math is very easy, right? Yeah, math is very easy from that (laughs) point. So, oh no, Michaela, Spike is moving out of Xander's basement. Well, now that he can fend for himself, they don't feel the need to tie him to chairs anymore. Yeah, and they have just fucking given up on the idea that vampires are hurt by sunlight. Spike's, like, (laughs) moving through a bunch of fucking sunbeams. Everything's fine. Sorry, are these just conveniently placed bright white lights as well, you know? One time. You're never going to let me forget it. (laughs) I'm not saying that Villo was actually sitting in sunlight. Maybe it was just a light that time. But this, this is sunlight. Like, this is fully natural light. They're in a basement. Spike's just in the middle of it. Yeah, I know. Uh, Anya tries to give him, like, a lamp as a going away or housewarming gift. Yeah, it's It's tradition. It's Xander's lamp. It's not very nice. He should give it away. can't have it. (laughs) Spike's not going to have electricity, so... So I think this is... I don't know. We get some mags here at some point. My notes are pretty sparse, honestly, but whatever. I've got that Mags' hair does not look very much like a baby cheetah right now, and I'm super disappointed. It was that one time, and it was just... It was so perfect and beautiful. It was. And it's not going to be like that again. It's now like... I can't imagine. It's to the side too much. It doesn't just go up. She needs it a bit shorter, I think. She needs a haircut. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're having a a meeting about how Buffy's the Slayer and Mags is in charge of the Inquisition. And Mm -hmm. she just... Even when she's being nice, she manages to come off kind of condescending. Yep. Very much so. At all times, basically. I do love that we don't really see her come up and s- because she's like, well, Riley is our top agent. He's taken in 17 hostiles all by himself. How many have you done, Buffy, you stupid jerk? And it just cuts away, basically. <laughs> and then Riley's like, wait, what? No, you drowned in where? Where did you drown? And she's like, the masturbatorium, I told you. Oh, no! <laughs> no! Why past Michaela? She talked about drowning. How stupid are you? Oh you my god. You dumb fuck. <laughs> How did you not see that coming? Oh, like that one time that I saw it coming was just a stroke of luck. That's all it was. Oh my god. Anyway, Buffy's. Would you kill like the real numbers? Would sure. you like the numbers? Because yes. I have them. I'll, okay. All right. I'm so useful. So. Bear in mind that all of the things I'm about to bring up were demonstrated on screen or mentioned. Mm-hmm. And Buffy, we are told or led to believe, uh, kills several vampires each week. So yeah. the true number is probably higher than this. Yes. But in the episodes leading up to this one, mm-hmm. she has killed 106 beings at least. Wow. So, over 70 vampires, one of which was a vampire nest. I think that one that her and Faith... Yep. Busted into. Yeah, busted into. So, that one's... That's unknown. 22 demons, one she-mantis, one mummy, three assassins, two robots, one bizarre, two ghosts, one corrupted ex-watcher, one old one, and one vengeful spirit, along with its minions. I was like, two robots? And yes, (laughs) two robots. Yeah. That's a place that this show has gone. (laughs) That's so unreasonable. Good God. That's a very impressive kill count, though. 
It's much I, higher than Rifi's. <laughs> I was so glad that she didn't bring up like, oh yeah, he even killed the three. Like, I'm so <laughs> glad she didn't bring that up again. That is not her crowning achievement. She should always be talking about the master, how she, you know, the first evil, she managed to get that scared away. The mayor. The mayor, yeah, all of these things should really be high on the list, not the three. J, J2. Mm-hmm, all of these guys. Although, I guess she didn't really kill J2. She killed Angel. Yeah. Well, not killed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I do like that Rifi brings up that the apocalypse count in Sunny D is, like, astonishingly <laughs> it's, high. It's really unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has to learn the plural for apocalypse, and I'm like, yes, you do. That's why we have an apocalypse count. He's already been here for one apocalypse. <laughs> He's doing great. He is doing great. And it turns eventually into innuendo. We go back to Giles, though. He's doing some dusting at his place. Picks up a book and puts the duster in his mouth for some reason. <laughs> like, what? why even the fuck, man? He could have put it down anywhere, but Anywhere no, in his In apartment. his mouth it goes. But, uh-oh, he's doing some counting. And then, <laughs> what, drops the duster as, like, a surprised thing? Anyway, some demon prince is going to rise tonight or some such. It's going to be fine. Yeah, he's concerned about it, but whatever. He needs to find Buffy, and that's really hard before anyone has cell phones. It is very hard. Oh, someone has a cell phone, Michaela. <laughs> we will get there. <laughs> but yes, he can't find Buffy. She doesn't have a cell phone. So no. he goes and finds Mags, and I'm like, oh, is this going to be good? And no, no, it's not. It's, it's not going to be good at all. It's the very opposite of good. There's absolutely no fanfic here whatsoever. Oh, it's so crushing. Uh, and Giles is wearing jeans for some reason. And I'm like, man, I know you're midlife crisising or whatever, but no. When he yeah, was like young Giles in band candy, that was a good look for jeans. His like blazer with jeans is terrible. It's just, like, so casual. And, I mean, Megs has, like, a sweater tied around her shoulders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she's ready for some tennis. It. She still looks more reasonable than weird casual Giles. Oh, casual Giles is the worst. And he's Ugh. trying to find things to, like, look at or lean on in her office. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Megs brings up that Buffy didn't have a strong dad figure. And I'm it's... like, God, that's so uncalled for. Yeah, like, fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> right? Like, how dare she? Because yeah. she... She puts it together, presumably, that that's who yes. this strange middle-aged man looking for Buffy is. Mm -hmm. It's still it's still pretty weird, right? Like, how does he, how does Giles ever explain who he is and why he's trying to find Buffy? There's just no good reason. <laughs> I'm her former librarian, former school librarian. Right, and it's important even here, that I find her. He's like, oh, I'm Buffy's friend. And shouldn't Mags just be like, are you? That's weird. <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah. You're really old. <laughs> she essentially does worse than that. I don't know. She's oh, not very kind I hate, to the G-Man. I do hate this scene. It's like... It's so crushing. I mean, this is arguably a the worst thing that happens to Giles in this episode. Yeah, I, I understand so. that he gets turned into a demon, but this... <laughs> is sort of her attempting to invalidate all of yeah. all of his the time he spent with Buffy before this like he was the one who is her watcher and who was training her and teaching her and presumably leading her and Mags basically says oh well you know you don't know anything about young people and how to teach them 
Yeah, you didn't do a very good job. And it goes yeah. from bad to worse, because then Giles is going to stop the demon with Willow and Xander. You know, still couldn't find Buffy, so picked up the B-team. And they're going to see about who this demon prince is. They find the crypt is astonishingly clean. And it seems like they missed the demon prince, having already risen. The Inquisition come in and clean it up. And this is where Giles learns that everyone else knows about the Inquisition, (laughs) including Spike. (laughs) When they say, and Spike, oh, he's just his little heart breaks. I do love that he calls Mags a fishwife. Fishwife. What a sick burn. I know. Um, it's amazing. When Giles went in this crypt, I was looking at it and I was like, this looks really familiar. And that's because mm-hmm. this is Spike's home. Yeah. For the next few seasons. Okay. Is this it this not, is Spike's crypt. Is it not also the place? Oh, it may not be. But um, God, what it's was it when Willow was taken? Well, Willow was taken to Dehofren at some point. And is this not the same set? I don't know. Maybe it's just shot from a different angle. Like that crypt was a was a lot smaller than this mm. one. Okay. This one is very big for a crypt. I was actually going to say that this one was bigger than that one. All right, sorry, that one was bigger than this one. So who's hmm. to say? Who is to say? Anyway, I hope Spike enjoys his time here. It seems like a very nice place. D- did you love how Giles is basically interrogating Willow and Xander with his flashlight? <laughs> He's just, like, shining the light right in their faces. <laughs> right in their faces. They just and, have and to blink it away. Yeah. They're very much, like, deer in the headlights. They're like, oh, right. Everybody, we didn't actually tell you about that. Oops. About anything recently. <laughs> we yeah. forgot because you're too old. They basically Sorry, stop Giles. reporting to Giles in any way. Like, Buffy mm-hmm. doesn't report to him at all anymore. Yeah. Poor little guy. Mm-hmm. But everything gets so much better because we've hit that 15 minute mark. And as Giles leaves the crypt, the others have already gone off ahead. He sadly leaves, concluding that there's nothing going on. And who comes out monologuing but one Ethan Rain monologue strong. And then Giles comes back into the crypt being like, I wouldn't say that at all. In fact, Ripper, old mate, I'd say something rather interesting was about to happen. Someone? Oh, bug, I thought you'd gone. <laughs> and and you're just best. like, it's so, it's so vindicating for every ridiculous monologue any bad guy has ever given. <laughs> it's so it's good. Amazing. And, and Ethan's Ethan, just like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I thought you'd gone. Yeah. <laughs> And suddenly uh, Ripper's day's looking a lot better. He's going to get to beat the shit out of Ethan Rain, and that always makes him feel good. And Ethan tries to scamper away. Oh, that's not going to work. He no. does a very poor job of scampering this episode. Yes, he We will he get does. to that. Yes, he does. Poor little a guy. A very poor job. Very poor job. Anyway, they go out for a pint because Ethan somehow convinces him to uh, scamp down, right? Like, he can convince Giles not to beat him to a bloody pulp and instead go out for a drink with him. Well, and I think that's just really, like, that's an indication of how far Giles has currently fallen. <laughs> it's that very he far. knows this is a terrible idea. Oh, this is awful. Go and drink with Ethan? Why? Why would you ever do that? You know Ethan. But, I mean, they used to be, like, best buds 20 years ago, so... Yeah, I do like that Ethan accuses Giles of religious intolerance. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you worship chaos. (laughs) It's fine. This scene between them, though, is great. Mm -hmm. 
Like, they're great together, and honestly, this episode doesn't have enough Ethan for me. No, it really doesn't. It really it doesn't. could use a lot more. Ethan does have knowledge, though, unlike Ooh. Angel or Whistler. You know, he's a useful <laughs> character, in addition to being fun, which is just such a novel idea. Or Spike. Spike also has no useful knowledge. <laughs> but at least he's fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, apparently the whole demon world is in turmoil. They're scared of something called 314, and ooh, I wonder if we'll find out what that is. Spooky pie! <laughs> right? It is pie. It's spooky pie, yeah. It's spooky pie, yes. <laughs> so we can just call it spooky pie from now on. <laughs> I've got my theories about what this might be, and we'll get to those later. Oh, that's exciting. Probably towards the end of the episode. We might have to have bleep to do... out a couple things. Oh. I mean, we can just say spoiler alert. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, Riley's really bad at fighting. He and Buffy Fuck. have gone for a sparring match, which, yeah, Buffy primarily flirts through fighting, so give her, right? This is and giving her mad angel flashbacks, probably. Like, this makes sense for Buffy, and it makes sense for them that Riley, like, he wants to know how strong she is. Mm -hmm. This is a thing he wants to do. But I just, anytime they're being all cutesy and lovey-dovey, I just really hate it. And I oh. don't know why. Interesting. I think it's because it's disgusting. <laughs> I... I'm i much more on board with this relationship than most others. But yeah. yeah, I get where you're coming from, certainly. I think it's just too goopy for me. Well, and at one point soon, Buffy's going to be like fully in the honeymoon phase of her relationship. And this does yeah. several things for me. One, it makes me want to vom. Two, it right. makes me really glad that like that's not a consideration for my life anymore. No. Because, oh man, that period is it's rough. And then the after period of that is also bad. It's all It's all not good. Because then all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, I don't. I don't feel like mm -hmm. the sun rises and sets this person anymore. What does that mean? Yeah. And even in this honeymoon period, Buffy's still like, everything's going great. I think. <gasps> what if it's not? And you're like, oh man, I'm so glad this is not my life. <laughs> oh yeah. Did you notice that? So Riley does that flippy thing that he was mm. impressed that Buffy did, which seems unreasonable. <laughs> Maybe he saw her do it and then was and like, I need to practicing. try to do that. And when he does it, the, like from, I didn't look that hard, but it kind of looked like it was actually Mark Blucas that did it. Oh. And I don't know if I'm just making that up and giving him way too much credit, but Blucas. like it didn't cut. And then it, it looked like it was him still. Blucas is was, such a silly name. I'm so, I'm so impressed. If it's actually him, I'm incredibly impressed. Well, I know that he's not protecting his head at all in this fight. He's got his fists, like, down around his navel sort of thing. And I'm like, Buffy could just smack you right in the face and you wouldn't okay. be able to get there in time. But she's not going to. No, she his perfect needs face. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does kick him clear across, across the room, though, which is fun. It is fun and probably should have cracked something. Oh, yeah. He broke some ribs for sure. <laughs> right? Like, he's fine. His <laughs> Pride is probably the thing that's the most hurt. But Which is crazy. He should be a lot less fine than this. He should have been fully winded at the very least. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, they've been fighting for this time. What have Ethan and Giles been up to? <laughs> drinking. So <laughs> they much drinking. bring us into our first segment. Ooh. Beer bad. Okay, Genghis Khan. When the clerk asks if you're over 21, say yes. Got it? You over 21? Okay, he used a very tricky line of questioning. Let's practice again. Are you over 21? Yes! 
You over 21? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is what is Giles thinking? He's just right? off his rocker with Ethan. Like, that's a terrible idea. It's the worst. And he's fucking letting all of these secrets out. Like, he's oh telling God, Ethan he's everything. Telling him everything. About the Inquisition, because he's all bitter, that like, oh, well, Buffy's dating this guy from this secret government organization and nobody told me. What the fuck? I will also put forward that this episode may be a better anti-drinking PSA than the actual anti-drinking PSA episode. The consequences are much worse for Giles. They are much worse. Much worse, yeah. Anyway, they're mm. trashed as hell, and Ethan mm. tries to give the waitress his number, and they do some shots. So, Giles is bands. super trashed. I don't think Ethan is trashed. Ooh, Because Ethan still seems fairly lucid, and, like, he's pretending to be trashed to me, mm. because he does want this information from Giles, right? He That's just wants true. information in general, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, at one point, like, it's... You know, he makes a joke about having poisoned Giles' beer when he went to the bathroom. And you're Classic like, you scamp. left him alone with your right. drink? Right. That is like the first rule. What a scamp. Oh, he's so scampy. Like, yeah. is this when he put, did he put something in the drink to make Giles turn into a demon? Like, is that well, what happened? When he undoes the spell, he has to make a whole magic circle. Right. So I have to assume that after they were finished drinking, he just went back to his motel and, <laughs> and cast cursed his spell. Giles, which yeah. I also do like. That is a fun image. It's funny because until this very moment, I always just assumed that he did put something in Giles' drink and just instead of poison, it was turn you into a demon juice. Yeah. But if such a thing existed, it seems really powerful. Very. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. You get it in small quantities and he's <laughs> looking for a jape. While he's oh. out about town. He would be very into japes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, that's all great. Tara and Willow are here doing some magic. Not here in the bar, obviously. That would be crazy. Be very strange. They're Listen, at Tara's room, I think. You keep calling it magic. I know it's sex. Okay, yeah. Sure, Listen, they'll start no, out no. slow. We can call it both. We can call it sexy magic times. Sexy magic times. Alright. Right. Yes, this is Tara's room. I don't... I can't imagine that it's a dorm room because I don't no. know how it looks like this if that's the case. It's really dark. There's a lot of like it's moodlit tapestries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it has like I want to say Christmas lights to light <laughs> yep. it. Like little little tiny lights. And I think it has plants in it, which seems insane given how dark it is. Hmm. I mean it's nighttime, right? That mm-hmm. that's fine. They're trying to do a spell in their sexy magic times. To mm-hmm. lift a rose in the air mm. with their minds and then pluck its petals individually. And it's like, okay, guys, I no, I do get it. I understand that these are sexy magic times. Sure thing. <laughs> so you you do get it. I understand, yes. The the metaphors. <laughs> yes, I get all the metaphors, the similes, the analogies. <laughs> I understand all of the literary devices at play. There may even be dramatic irony. I'm not sure. Flower symbolism, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Symbology. Yeah, you got yeah, some you of that. Yeah, you love symbology. Yeah. Anyway, the flower, instead of lifting up and gently having its petals removed, lifts up and then goes whizzing about the room in the manner of a bottle rocket. Hashtag whoops. Hashtag whoops. Tara's hair seems a lot more reasonable this episode. 
Mm. I don't think she has the same sort of insane zigzag part that she had last we saw her. Fair. I can believe that. Yeah. And then it's uh, the next day. Yeah, it's the next day. We have a full-on scamp alert. Oh! Giles wakes up and we don't see him in bed. Like, we don't see his physical body in bed as he's getting up. And that's kind of strange. And then he starts walking down the stairs and we still don't see him until he's been turned into a demon. So did you have... Did you have no idea? No idea. No idea. Zero clue. You knew something scampy was gonna happen. Oh, yeah. But you didn't know what. (laughs) No. There's a whole universe of scampery to choose from. Oh, yeah. This is a good scampy thing to do. Yeah, this is great. Ethan excels at picking out the great scamp actions Uh, or whatever. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so Giles is pretty, A, strong, and he, like, punches a hole through his wall, rips his banister down. Oh, he breaks so much of his stuff. Crushes his phone. The furniture goes. He tries to put on a shirt, and that gets ripped. So he Mm. puts on a blanket as a cunning disguise. At this point, it's full-on day. Oh, yeah. Why... I understand that he needs to go and find people and figure things out, but why is he going outside during the day? Right? Like, just take a fucking chill pill, sit that, here for 12 hours. That blanket is not, it's not fooling working. anybody. No, no, it really isn't. Uh, but it is great, and he tears the door off of his apartment as his sort of last action as he's leaving, muttering to himself in a very British way, and it's great. All I can think is just how much property damage he did, <laughs> and, like, does he have to pay for that? Yeah, Doors are I'm expensive. Assuming. Yeah. I, like, that banister? Oh my god. <laughs> this is gonna be crazy to repair. He doesn't and have so a job. Furniture? Oh no. And this is not the last of the destruction of his personal property either. No. (laughs) On a lighter note, the next day we see, or this morning, I guess, we see Buffy and Willow having some breakfast somewhere. And Buffy's still disgustingly cute about how much she loves pancakes and waffles. Right. This is the whole honeymoon thing that I'm so glad I'm not in. But Willow has made a bold choice, and I would like to direct you to the Dropbox. I believe it's called (laughs) Bold Sweater. (laughs) Oh, good. It is bold. I can picture it. It's like a a really sad rainbow. It's a knit sweater. It's got a couple stars on it right where the nips are. And then a rainbow on it. But they could be eyes. And then the rainbow's a sad face. That that could be true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you're saying you love it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's loose knit enough that you can still see her shirt underneath it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Wh- why <laughs> did anyone dress her in this manner? It's it's that strange thing where it's cutesy Willow again. Yep. And maybe Willow never stopped being cutesy. I guess she had that shirt that made her look like a cupcake. Yep. Was that it? Yeah. Birthday cake. Yeah. Birthday cake. There we go. So, I don't know, it's... They deploy cutesy Willow frequently, but there are some times when she's, like, adult Willow and grown up. I guess it's just wavering back and forth as they go through this season. I think by the end of the season, they'll have mostly figured it out. Guess we'll see. But, uh... Yeah, she tells Buffy about the Rose thing going awry and Mm -hmm. leaves the whole Terra part of it out. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Very strange. What's going on there, Willow? Why you? Why aren't you talking about your sexy magic friend? So fucking anyone can get into Xander's place. 
Now, sure, Anya's barged in a number of times, and other Scoobies have barged in a number of times, but it's often been with a reference of like, oh yeah, your mom let me in, or Uncle Rory let me in, or something like that. This time, Demon Demon Giles just waltzes into Xander's basement apartment, and you're like, but how did you make it here? Yeah. How? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I feel like demons were definitely getting in in something blue. Mm. It was a demon magnet. Mm-hmm. But yeah. did Giles break his door as well? Potentially. <laughs> like, And that was at night. Maybe people were out or asleep or something. I don't know. Anyway, the point is that Demon Giles comes in to wake Xander up to, you know, enlist some help. But Ruro, Xander can't understand the words Ripper is saying. And he throws pans at him until he goes away. Hilarity ensues. It is Why did he pretty have hilarious. so many frying pans? <laughs> like, like, just think about how many he threw. It's not Why do you have a throws pile? a frying pan at Giles. It's throws frying pans at him until he goes Four, away. Five? A lot of them are tiny, too. It's really good. (laughs) And, yeah, the gang shows up at Ripper's place to find all the destruction. They're like, someone killed Giles. This is the worst. And Anya is her usual delightful self, tactful (laughs) as all hell. I think it ate him up. Well, I mean, his sweater's ripped completely in half. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah. He got all ate up. That's fine. She's just saying what they're all thinking. It's fine. So Giles is sad and he's wandering around a graveyard and we come to possibly the best background action I have ever, (laughs) ever seen in any television show because he walks by Spike as Spike is holding a measuring tape up to a crypt, like the outside of it, like he's measuring this place as he's considering moving in. He's trying to find a house. He needs to measure things. But just the concept of him standing in a graveyard (laughs) measuring all of the different crypts is so delightful. It's so funny. Oh my god, I love it. This is exactly what Spike should be doing. Just being in the background, being kind of goofy, but then also (laughs) still being Spike. And when... When we realize that, oh, he can talk to Giles, understand Giles, he's not just going to help Giles. Oh, no. He needs way no. more than $100 that Giles <laughs> offers him. He needs yeah. $200. 200 <laughs> Like, Giles and Spike is the best sitcom going. And it, it continues to be. Then they're yeah. in the G-Mobile and Spike's <laughs> giving him so much crap for his stupid car. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, his Giles has been garbage. turned into a fioral demon. Spike knew some Fioral demons, like, used to employ them and knows Fioral, which is the language that Giles is speaking. So he can talk to him. Did you notice how shiny Spike's coat is? No. So normally Spike has this long leather coat Mm -hmm. on, but the one he always used to wear was very beat up. Clearly he's been wearing it for a long time. And this coat looked so new to me. Hmm. And I'm really not on board with it. (laughs) I, I prefer the the well-worn coat, you know? He's a poor vampire, right? Makes like, sense. He's excited about $200. You know what that <laughs> coat probably cost? Uh, I just love the negotiation. I love that Giles starts at $100 for returning <laughs> to a human. <laughs> and it has to go all the way up to 200 <laughs> 
Uh, and then, like, when Giles says done on the 200, Spike is clearly not expecting that. And he's yeah. like, oh, okay, I I guess we should start by, uh... <laughs> and you're like, oh, so good. And then the Scoobs have to try to do research without Giles. Oh, that's going to go poorly for them. Not going to go very well for them. They're not very good at it. No. And Xander doesn't really have a good description of what attacked him. No. And he can't give useful information or like feedback when people show him pictures other than, no, that wasn't it. So they're going to go through most of the books finding this Fioral demon. Then, out of nowhere, seemingly, Riley just happens to show up <laughs> at this 911 call. Yeah, which was it even a 911 call? Well, that's the other problem with it, because at this point, it's night. Mm -hmm. You know, Giles breaking all that shit happened, like, first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so someone's only called 911 now? Was he waiting until the 911 responders had arrived? But it doesn't really look like they've been here. Maybe he was going to the other better ones first. Maybe he has a tracker on Buffy. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so creepy. It's so creepy. God, I hope that's not true. (laughs) <laughs> oh, if that's borne out by the canon, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> so creepy, God. That'd be disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Let's talk <laughs> instead about the best sitcom around, Giles and Spike, because they're still Good. cruising around. Dream and who team, do they yeah. find? <laughs> so Giles, he's feeling all these feelings, right? Mm-hmm. This demon is angry, wants to destroy, smash, has got a lot of rage and a lot of just, not a lot of like, you know, deep emotions. But and he's, he's turning to into the demon, right? Yeah, like, he's trying to yeah. say, oh no, I'm a person, I have a soul, mm-hmm. you know, I'm better than this. <laughs> oh, pull over here for our second segment. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro. 20,000 years from now, say, the most successful Christmas was today. Okay, we got him, we got him, he's down. <laughs> So he sees his new worst enemy, Mags, walking down the street. The fishwife, yes. The fishwife. And thinks that it might be a fun time to give her a little spook. (laughs) Yeah, he does her a little bit of a frighten, you know. Yeah. And like, oh my god, Mags, why are you not carrying a taser? Still. Double werewolf. Sure, maybe you didn't know, like, it was so dangerous around. You should have known, because all these hostiles are coming in. You should have known it's dangerous, and you should have backup or at least a weapon on you. And then after Double Werewolf, you're still not carrying shit? Like, you're the fucking head of the secret facility. Show some smarts. My only defense is that... She was in the middle of a bunch of civilians, so maybe it would be strange to see a woman her age pull out a gun and start zapping this demon away. I don't know. Pepper spray. Like, any fucking thing, you know? Yeah. You've got to have something which is inconspicuous-ish, but allows you to deal with the danger that you know is very real. It's so real. And you have to imagine there's some sort of security detail. She's pretty important. Right? There should be a security detail that's at least around her for situations like this. But no, Giles has his fun little jape and then gets back in the Gilesmobile. Oh, God. I mean, it's it's a good time. You know, yeah. watch, watching him tri- like demon and be like, it's <laughs> very fun. Chasing her through like past the espresso pump. Yeah. 
Oh, you remember the name of it. Yay, Pump and Go. You didn't call it Pump and Go. Great. (laughs) We do find out that Riley does, in fact, have a cell phone. Because he and Buffy have gone out to, like, what, find traces of Ethan because they're pretty sure he's involved. They've gone to the magic shop because they Mm -hmm. assume Ethan would have come there or... I actually, they don't know anything about Ethan at this point. What are they looking for? Oh, they're looking for clues, just general clues. And then they find a, a receipt for or from Ethan Rain. So they know that someone's doing some spooky magic and they think they're mm-hmm. controlling this demon. Yes. So then presumably they would need magical supplies for that. Hence magic shop. Okay. Yeah. So they're there. And then Riley makes a quick phone call on his cell phone, which is huge. And if I'm not mistaken, has a holster. Well... I mean, where's he going to keep it if it's not holstered? <laughs> it doesn't in fit in a pocket. pocket. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fit there. <laughs> it's such a good flip phone, though. Oh, man. It's he's, great. He's pretty dadcore, right? Oh, he is dadcore. Oh, yeah. man. And so having a cell phone holster is super dadcore and mm-hmm. just works perfectly for him. Oh, man. It's so good. And yeah, Ripper and Spike figure out where Ethan's staying. <laughs> Buffy and Ryfire are also on the track. Okay, so they figure out where Ethan is staying because Spike turns the charm up to a million. <laughs> oh my god, for this waitress. <laughs> yeah. While Giles just like lurks <laughs> under his blanket <laughs> 10 feet away. It's so conspicuous. How did he get in here with no one being like, oh, what's that guy doing? <laughs> He's terrifying. Sunnydale syndrome, man. It's fine. But Spike's basically like, oh yeah, there was a a British guy. He's a lot older than me, so (laughs) you might remember him, though. Maybe he told you where he's staying. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he's so fucking charming. It's amazing. Yeah. That waitress is just going to be disappointed, though. Oh, very. Mm -hmm. Very. Rifi was apparently ordered not to let Buffy come along for this mission. (laughs) Good luck, bud. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. This is the the start of something that I know is a problem point in their relationship of the Riley does not really respect Buffy's slaying capabilities. It's not so much that as Riley is being given orders by this military organization and his orders are that Buffy is supposed to not come along. Yes, she is a civilian. Yeah, in their mind. Well, she's not part of their military organization, so that does make her a civilian. Yes. And so he's put in he's he's put in the middle, right? right. Because he wouldn't have chosen not to take her along, but he's no. been given direct orders not to take her along. So what and does then he of do? Course, she comes along of her own volition because you know he can't fucking stop her. Like how's him he and gonna what stop army. her? Yeah, I mean, oh, actually, ah, the army. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Jokes, but no, she does come along. Yeah, there there's some problematic things here where like Riley has a master key to every shop. <laughs> On Main the, Street. Right? And, like, I understand from a demon-fighting security perspective, that probably makes a lot of sense. But who decided that he was allowed to have that? Like, what, what protocol or procedure or... They're still college kids. Right? Like, that's a lot of power to give somebody. Mm-hmm. And then he also can immediately get information on someone, like, oh, yeah. really fast. Well, it takes a couple minutes, you know. It's the year 2000. <laughs> okay, but they're doing a database search for all of the hotels in the area. Or that's like true. Hotels How many hotels. can there be? Like, that's like, a pretty reasonable request. Like, who's coming staying you know? in Sunnydale yeah. at a hotel? No one. That's a pretty reasonable request for them to have uh, hacked 
hacked into the <laughs> databases or whatever and be able to pull that out or have some sort of contract with them. That, that is not too implausible, I'll say. Okay, you are the expert. Spike leads some of the military boys on a millet, on a merry chase while Giles con- goes to confront Ethan. He's actually doing pretty well. He's doing unreasonably well. Oh, it's a stick shift and it's awful. And he, But he's like outmaneuvering these military vehicles. Oh, yeah. He should not Giles be able to do that. Shitty little car. Citroën? Yeah. 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 And unfortunately for <laughs> mostly Giles, I guess. <laughs> right? He gets a bit over cocky. He gets uh, too confident. No, you know what happened? He thought he was still a badass. And mm. he forgot about all of that decay he'd gone through. Yes. And so since he did something cool, something bad had to happen to him to balance out the scales. Yeah, season two Spike absolutely would have gotten away. Scott oh, yeah. Free. This Spike? No. no. He no. crashes the Citroen. And Michaela, I gotta say, this episode is in a big way Giles just having a midlife crisis, right? Oh, yeah. I so want him to get a sports car. I was like, oh, (laughs) the only thing that didn't happen was him getting a sports car. And then I was like, but his car's crashed. Oh my God, he can get a sports car now. He He can be fully midlife crisis. I'm excited. (laughs) Who's to say? Buffy and Riley show up at Ethan's uh, apartment and much fighting ensues. They've learned that the Fioral Demon can only be killed by a weapon of silver, so Buffy's grabbed this letter opener that is probably silver. <laughs> she just assumes, like, oh, that this is silver. Giles is fancy and British. He probably has a silver letter opener. <laughs> You're like, Buffy, he's unemployed. He's already sold his oh, silver letter opener. Oh, he's pawned all of that. Yeah. Right? He pawned the shit out of it. <laughs> Through all of this, Ethan's trying to run away, and it's just going so poorly for him because Riley's there, and he's a competent human who can keep him and just, like, keep just fucking hitting him in the chest. Well, and Ethan realizes the error of his ways, because this is exactly what happened to him every other time, right? (laughs) Yeah. He he stays around to, to see the results of his scampishness. And then everyone uh, catches gets him. caught, yeah, yeah. Or mm. does get caught and then runs away. Yeah. Not Scamps so away. this time. No. He does not scamp away. He does not. So Buffy stabs Ripper just to sort of close out this scene. Apparently the letter opener was not real silver. And as she looked into his eyes, they were just disappointed in a way that made her realize that it was Giles, which well, I really they're very, like. They're, and they're very human Right? Like, it's very clear that those are not demon eyes. Sure. But it's it's nice that she's able to recognize him from that. (laughs) And then Buffy and Riley convince Ethan to de-demonify Giles. I guess monify him then? If it's de-demonifying? Oh, because the the D's just cancel? Yeah, double negative. So he gets monified, (laughs) which is... Not moneyed, though. Hmm. It really does sound like it's something other than what Financial. you're trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Humanified? Sure. Whatever. Anyway, and he is now wearing Ethan's clothes, which is a lot of fun, because they are... Man, they look so much more reasonable on Ethan, question mark? Somehow. Yeah. Because they're still... It's a lot of overly large, shiny dress shirts. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're so shiny. The one Giles is wearing is just spectacular it's so silver and black Mm. and shiny Mm. it's 
It's got like almost tiger stripes on it sort of thing. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's I love it. But oh no, Michaela. Scamp Town. Scamp Town population zero? Population zero. Ethan's taken away by the military. Never to scamp again. He won't be scamping anymore. No! Oh. And you're like, what the fuck, Riley? Just let right? him get away yeah. and scamp to his heart's content? That's what happens. He shows up, he causes a bit of mischief, everyone gets mad at him, maybe he gets punched in the face a couple times, Meh. then he scamps off, and then he's back to scamp another day in next season. This, yeah. no, no, no scampitude. No scampitude. It's so sad. It's very disappointing. Oh. Yeah. So this is, we say goodbye to two of our friends, the G-Mobile <laughs> and Ethan Rain. <laughs> they were stalwart companions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And you're sort of like, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, Ethan's to Ethan's point, Buffy can't kill him. What's she going to do? And then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> oh, right. These guys are military monster hunters and mm-hmm. you're an evil wizard <laughs> yep. so they're probably there going... are protocols in place for this Yep, they're gonna capture you and i mean where are they taking him probably not anywhere very good no, definitely not scamp town he has nope. been evicted from there yeah oh pour one out yeah pour one out for ethan and his scampitude yeah. So we wrap things up with Buffy apologizing to Ripper. Giles's line, I really do like it, about the ingenious speaking tube that <laughs> anyone can use to communicate information. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, Buffy, give him a fucking ring sometimes, you know? Tell so him shit. So passive-aggressive, jeez. But, I mean, he's it's also so justified. Right. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, how hard is it for her to call her dad up once a week, you know? <laughs> right? Tell him about the things happening in her life. Oh, hey, we know who the initiative or inquisition are. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the command bros. I'm dating one of them. Right, right there. Like, so much information. Oh, sentence. my God. That's so much more information. <laughs> Don't phrase it like that, though. That's going to give him an aneurysm. <laughs> anyway, we finished the episode up on a spook. The inquisition has a secretive wing that only <gasps> mags can access. Oh, no. Inside it is room 314. <gasps> 314, the thing the demons were scared of. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. 314, spooky pie door. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Very well done. Well, you know, we have a puke and then a spook because <laughs> Riley says that Buffy is the oh truest my, oh, soul he's ever oh. known. She is the truest soul I've ever known. Truest soul I've ever known. Truest soul. Truest soul. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh my god, yes, he does say that. He so does gross. say those exact words for Two god Megs. knows what reason. And right? She's like, ew. Oh my god, it's awful. Why it's would you so say gross. that? It's so gross. Oh my god. What does that even mean? <laughs> it's just terrible. So, Michaela, I have. We don't actually see what is inside room 314, right? We just see Mags enter it. Correct. I think I know, like, one word of information about this and literally nothing else. So, spoiler alert, skip ahead, I don't know, two minutes or something. <laughs> Maybe to the end of the podcast, we're nearly done, right? Yeah. Oh, no, come back for Teeks. You gotta come back teeks. for Teeks. All right, so, 
in room 314. Is this Adam? Ooh, you do remember things. No. Okay, so I saw that. I think on the Buffy subreddit, oh, there no. are like Why do you different. Go on no, there? no, there's different like flares for your your uh, username, right? Right. And Adam's one of them, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" I literally know nothing else. Oh, okay, that's. I good. don't remember him at all, other than that. <laughs> but you I'm pretty might. sure I know his name, and like he looks like a Franken dude. Yes, I was gonna say when you see him, you'll probably be like, "Oh yeah, that guy's no. mildly familiar." No, like from the picture in the flare, it—he just looks like a Franken dude. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. And I we'll don't see. know anything else, so I'm assuming they're setting this up for you know the finale of, or the rest of the season, right? They've done yeah, twelve episodes of basically episodic shit. Yeah. So let's get something else. You know, introducing the Inquisition. Building yeah, that, that up. Sure. They needed to do all that. That was all important. But this is really where we're starting. We're starting the arc. Because so we still speak. don't have a bad guy for the season. No, that's correct. And that's where this guy's going to come in, I'm assuming. And who yeah, wants to say? The Inquisition's going to be just fine, right? Like, that's. They're a bunch of stand up folks. Hunky dory, A OK. On the level. That's what they are. Yeah. yeah. So that, so I believe, is it. what's, uh, yeah. what's going to happen. Well, Michaela, did you like this episode? So I, I like that we're finally dealing with this whole Giles floating <laughs> adrift on a sea of unemployment that oh, he's been guy. doing. But it's it's just, it makes me so sad for him the whole episode because it's yeah. just an episode of bad stuff happening to Giles. I mean, really the is. Spike Demon Giles dream team mm. is amazing. Oh, it's so good. I want nothing else in my life. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a well done episode. You know, we yeah. got a little bit of Ethan. I think it just brings me down a little bit. Because he's so bad. He gets scamp arrested. Oh, yeah. And, Giles and too, Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I'm our favorite scamp. Never to scamp again. Well, before we hit <gasps> Taylor Kingston, uh, what was your favorite outfit from this episode? Can I just pick every shirt Ethan has ever worn? Ooh, yes. Uh, in. <laughs> In memoriam. Yeah. In memoriam. <laughs> Scamping from what, nineteen ninety-six to two thousand? They're all they're not always super shiny, but they're always at least a size too large for him. Yeah. Just they so are great. billowy, but mm-hmm. it works. And I don't know why. He is just like ex punk rocker <laughs> yeah. demon summoning wizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's he's so great. perfect. Well, I think that's a, a very good idea. Good job, Ethan, for all of your wondrous shirts. And Michaela, our opinions are garbage. What they does are. Taylor Kingston, a.k.a. Teeks, think of this episode? What do you think this review is called? Oh, shit. The one where Giles turns into a demon. Word for word. Yep. Bam. You wrote this as always. I am Teeks. <laughs> you are Teeks. Bring it God. on. I love this episode. I really do. It's fantastic and amazing and great all at the same time. Wow. <laughs> like, that's that's got to be the highest praise yet. Well, he didn't mention freaking redonkulous, which makes me think this is not a 10. Hmm. I really love to see Giles in a different form. It's so interesting. Mm. And, you know, I'm just going to read you. It's not very long. I'm just going to read you his whole synopsis. In this episode, Ethan Rain has come back to Sunnydale looking from, for some revenge on Giles, and he gets it, sort of. Giles is turned into a demon, and no one can tell it's him. 
he's not speaking English, and when he comes across Spike, they can understand each other. Giles bribes Spike to help him without <laughs> anyone finding out what happened to him. This doesn't work because Buffy and the gang are already trying to find Giles, thinking that this demon, who is Giles, killed or kidnapped him. <laughs> in the end, Ethan turns Giles back right in time for Buffy not to kill him. Uh, no? <laughs> uh, I've got issues with that overall, sorry. Overall, I give this episode... A 10 out of 10. Oh, damn. Yep. Oh, but this there's predates, no, right. Yeah. Predates no freaking, freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. There right. you go. So this, this is a, a large chunk of the episode, certainly. But mm-hmm. there are other things that happen in it. I'm very much going to question the call on Ethan turning Giles back just in time for him not to be killed by Buffy. Because she and stabs him. Like she fully he, stabs him and there's no. demon blood. No, like, if it had been real silver, it would have been a bad time. Yeah, he would have died. Yeah. And I'm not... I think the idea that Ethan has come looking for revenge on Giles is just incorrect. He's scamping it up, as usual. He's he's just getting his scamp on. (laughs) You know? He missed his old pal Ripper, and he wanted to have a little scampy fun time with him. Like, I love how little motivation he has. None. It's so good. None. He just wants to come in and make mischief in Sunny D. He wants chaos. That's all he gives a shit about. That's why he's so fun. Because it doesn't matter what he's there for. It doesn't. It really doesn't. He wants to fuck shit up. And he will. Oh, and he will. Be assured that he will. Oh. Yeah. Who's the winner of this episode? Ooh, right. I was thinking that it's very hard to call a winner on this. Uh, I mean, I say Spike. Possibly Spike. Spike is a good call. He gets $250, right? Because right? Giles bribes him a bit extra to let Giles jump out of the moving car. He's uh, looking around for his own place, going to be his own man, bachelor life. I could support a Spike win or a Mags win. <laughs> I think Mags comes off pretty well this episode in that I don't think we'll see much more of like her. I don't, maybe we will. Maybe we'll see her doing a lot of stuff later on. I'm okay with Spike then. Let's go with Spike. Yeah, I think giving it to Mags just because then she gets a win. I don't know if that's enough of a reason for me. But she also, like, she is very in her element this episode in a lot of ways. That's true. Like, that's where it's coming from mostly. She chased by a demon. Oh, that's true, yeah. And then she has to hear Riley call Buffy the truest soul he's ever known. She is the truest soul I've ever known. Truest soul I've ever known. Truest soul I've Truest soul. I had blocked it out again, but it all came back. <laughs> came back in a horrifying flood. So, I mean, no one who's heard that phrase can ever win again, no. right? No, they're all losers at that point. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Well, yeah, that was good. Uh, what's coming up next time? The next episode is called The Eye in Team. Okay. Uh, I saw the thumbnail on Netflix, and it was right? oh. um, Willow's hair. Oh yeah, the going, thumbnail like, on Netflix is up. bananas. And maybe Xander's there too, and like they're both just coming down from a trampoline jump or something. Like I looked at that picture, and I thought to myself, "When is that in this episode? <laughs> what are they doing?" So I'm excited Good. to find out. <laughs> so I'm not. I haven't ruined anything for myself. No. Then. <laughs> Uh, anything no. you can tell me about this episode? Uh, we're gonna have some some more initiative fun times. Mm-hmm. So okay. Buffy's gonna, because that's sort of where we were heading. Yeah. On this episode, right? Like Mags is trying to get Buffy clearance. She wants to like it, it would be insane for this military organization to have this 
you know, mythical being who is a force of good <laughs> at their disposal and be like, no. Or we're is good. she a, a rogue uh, lone operative vigilante who's like, extracting her own form of justice on the streets? Technically, she's 100% a vigilante. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no two ways about it. But I don't know. You can harness that still. Uh, I guess if Angel was still here, he'd be a vigilante. Because he's Batman. Right. I mean, he would be diving out of windows, (laughs) melting into the shadows. What a guy. (laughs) Saying cryptic things. Don't you miss him sometimes? Sometimes. (laughs) Not not often, but sometimes. But you miss the idea of him. You don't really miss him. No. No, I really don't. Well, that'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Good old Inquisition times with the Command Bros. Yeah. And until then, our listeners can always reach out to us via email, beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com. This episode's up on the Reddit. That's buffy.reddit.com. The Facebook page is where you'll find most of the pictures for this episode. I guess just the uh, the Willow one, probably, because there's no button watch this time, sadly. <laughs> Uh, and if you'd like to reach out to Michaela or, or I personally, you can hit us up on musically musical.ly musically. I'm not sure. It's like vine. It's like a video sharing service, but it's all put to music. Apparently it's pretty popular right now. Anyway, I'm on there at high school musical Michaela. (laughs) I'm on there at Alexander Hamilton. Ooh, very nice. It's really hard to say. (laughs) It is very hard to say. Well, That's it from us. Until next time, farewell from from the the Hellmouth. 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 Hellmouth.